morning before we go further? If so, I already used one. So let's uh, put the number two. If this is your first time uh, joining the power call this morning. Okay. Welcome, uh, Sister Denise, Zoom user. Welcome, welcome. All right. Welcome, welcome. So do we have anyone? Raise your hands if you have any comments on this first section. This is Joseph's firmness under temptation. Okay, Brother Charles. Okay, that's Zoom user, Brother Charles. Okay. All right. Sister TT, let's make sure we can get you off mute. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I just had a quick question on, on, on the reading where they cut their hands. Was that sort of like a, a sacrifice or to, to that person? To, you know, to her, to the servant when he came out? When they cut their hands, was that sort of like a sacrifice or something? That's a that's a good question. If anyone would like to comment on that, I don't want to lead you in the wrong direction. But if anyone that does know that answer, definitely uh, comment on that as you raise your hands. But good question, Sister TT. Okay. Again, if you would like to comment or give feedback on this section, uh, raise your hand. Sister Bernice. Assalamu alaikum. It's Sister Beatrice. Oh, Beatrice, I apologize. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to make a quick comment that um, when it says in the reading that she um, she was in love with, with Joseph and uh, the, the love had affected her deeply and she uh, desired to seduce him. To me, in my mind, um, seduction and love, um, they don't, lust and, and seduction are more um, in tune with one another than love and seduction. Um, I heard the ministers talk about uh, when we say we love someone, we have that urge. And having that urge comes with um, seduction and uh, more so the fleshly things. Um, not more on a higher spiritual uh, plane of uh, the, the deep emotion of, of what love really is. So I just wanted to make that, um, that one point. And the second thing is um, there's a difference between errors and mistakes. <laughs> so uh, that was my comment. I, I apologize. I'm in, uh, in, in, traffic right now so yes sir thank you for allowing me to share alaikum salam thank you sister and you, uh sister tt you still have your hand up do you also want to make a comment as well okay all right and sister beatrice do you uh you have another comment oh you can put your, put your hand back down okay um sister yolanda do you would you like to read the next section, domestic life of Muhammad? Yes, sir. Thank you. Domestic life of Muhammad. The domestic life of Prophet Muhammad was a source of emotional conflict in the community of believers, as well as within his household. 
There are principles inherent in the marriages of Prophet Muhammad that remain hidden to this day, covered by emotional reactions to his domestic life. The question must be answered. What did Allah God want us to learn? His first marriage was, was to Khadijah, who he was devoted to for 25 years of marriage until her death at the age of 65. She was 15 years older than he. She was to him as Sister Clara Muhammad would be to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, his wife, friend, companion, and among the first to accept Islam when he was called to the mission. Her loss caused him great pain and suffering. After the loss of his beloved Khadija, Prophet Muhammad married Aisha, the daughter of Abu, ba Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr. Aisha was only 11 years old when the marriage ceremony took place and she remained in her parents' home after three years before the marriage was consummated. In all the marriages that followed, Muhammad's wives were women who had been previously married. Only Aisha came to him a virgin. She was actually brought up shaped and fashioned under his care. Thus she required a spiritual radiance that made her ultimately stand out in history as a guide for not only Muslim women, but for all of the believers. It was on the return from an important expedition in the fifth year of the, of the Hajj that Aisha, who had accompanied the Prophet, went away from the caravan in search of a lost necklace. The bearers of her little thinking she was still inside washed off, leaving her behind. One of her husband's soldiers, who was coming in from the rear, came upon her and brought her safely to Medina. A hypocrite learned of the incident and in it found pretext to slander the prophet and his family and erode the love and admiration of the believers. So he started a campaign of vilification and several gullible Muslims gave ear to the slander. What thoughts had those Muslims harbored that they would respond to slander against a wife of Allah's servant with such enthusiasm? Were there some hidden feelings toward his marriage to Aisha that were brought to surface by this incident? Why did Allah God himself attach such importance to the matter that he would issue such a revelation as the one which follows? <clears throat> Surely they who concocted the lie are a party from among you. Deem it not an evil to you. Nay, it is good for you. For every man of them is what he has earned of sin. And as for him among them who took upon himself the main part thereof, he shall have a grievous punishment. Why did not the believing men and believing women when you heard it, 
think well of their own people and say, this is an, this is an evident falsehood. And were it not for Allah's grace upon you and his mercy in this world and the hereafter, a grievous chastisement would certainly have touched you on account of the talk you indulged in. When you received it on your tongues and spoke with our mouths, that of which you had no knowledge, and you deemed it a trif trifle, while with Allah it was serious. And why not? And why did you not even you heard it say, It beseems us not to talk of it. Glory be to thee. This is a great calamity. Allah admonishes you that you return not to the like of it ever again. If you are believers, those who love that scandal should circulate respecting those who believe. For them is a grievous chastisement in this world and the hereafter. And Allah knows while you know not. Holy Quran, Surah 24, Ayat 11 through 12. And I'm going to assume, well, verses 14 through 17 and verse 19. One of the prophets' marriages was to Zainab, his cousin. Her parents wanted him to take her as a wife, but he expressed a desire that she be given to given in marriage to Zad, his own freed slave whom he adopted as a son. The prophet wanted to abolish the barriers of class and economic status and felt that the marriage between a former slave and a woman of high birth would facilitate bringing equality within the community. The marriage was not happy and eventually ended in divorce. Once the marriage he had arranged provided to be a failure, the prophet consented to the wishes of Zainab's parents and married her himself. He had been a man just interested in having wives for his personal gratification. It was seen that he would have accepted Zainab's hand when it was offered to him while she was a virgin. Yet, he took her in marriage after she became a divorced woman. Study the status of women, particularly divorced women, at the time. What effect did this action of a lost servant have on the social standing of divorced females in the community? What emotional reaction did it create among the class, conscious people of the community? There was great there was great consternation among the prophet's wives when the ruler of Egypt sent Moriah as a gift to him. She accepted Islam and became his wife. This black woman bore him Ibrahim, his only son. The child died in infancy. What emotional effect did the birth of a son by one wife have on the others? How did Aisha, who enjoyed the position of being the favorite, feel towards Mariah. What effect did the child's death have on prophet on the prophet himself? What effect did it have on the child's mother? 
one of the prophet's wives was Mamuna, a widow who offered her hand to him and he accepted. Historical accounts relate that some wives did not desire to see him enter any more marriages after they themselves were accepted. What effect did his marriage to Mamuna have on his own, on his other wives when there was no apparent reason for marrying her other than the fact that she offered herself to him? The giving of wives to Muhammad was not done merely for sexual gratification. It was that Allah God might give his servants deeper insight into the women through the women he married, as well as deeper insight into himself by virtue of what each woman brought out of him to confer a greater reverence for the womb. In the Holy Quran, a prophet of Allah pleads with him. My Lord, expand my breast for me and ease my affair for me and loose the knot from my tongue that they may understand my word. Holy Quran, Surah 20, Ayat 25-28. The expansion of the breast may be compared to the enlargement of the womb when a woman carries a child. In the womb is the capacity of the female to produce children. As her womb expands and she feels the growing life within her, her breast expands also. She grows to love more than herself and her husband. With every child, her breast expands to love that child. The test she faces is not to make distinction between them, but to be just and equitable in her treatment of her children. Allah God has given mother an inexhaustible love for their own children. Allah God has given mother an inexhaustible love for their children, their own children, as well as the children of others. They are sympathetic to other mothers who have experienced the pain and suffering of birth. Allah God gave wives to Muhammad, among whom were women from tribes that were hostile to the Quraysh. Through the marriage as prophet to the one member of a tribe, the entire tribe was embraced. This is the meaning of the expansion of the breast. Allah God ex expands the heart of his servant for the salvation of nations. Thank you, Sister Would Yolanda. You like no, okay, yes, sir. Good right there. Yeah, but we'll pause right there. Anyone have any comments or feedback? Please raise your hand uh, so we can do that. Just keep in mind three to five minutes for your comments. You won't see the timer today. Just we have some technical issues on that. But just be mindful of the chat when you're sharing just so that you don't lose your thought or get cut off prematurely in your mind. OK, um, but I did want to back up a little bit to the I had a comment on the previous side, uh, previous section that we were on um, in, in speaking from uh, a male's perspective or a man's perspective on the fact that on this paragraph here, it says it was only through direct intervention of Allah God that Joseph was able to resist the efforts of the seductress to lead him into evil and indecency. And in thinking about that, uh, this world is filled with temptation. Um, so like even if the, the, uh, the subheading says Joseph firmness 
under temptation. And you, as we are growing as Muslims and as we are growing into this thinking of God and rising above our emotions, urges are a part of those emotions. And though you may be striving to become more clean, striving to not look at things that are indecent, the world is going to bombard you with all types of distractions. Even when you're not looking for it, it's going to put itself in front of you. And that's where we really want to seek refuge in Allah, because only Allah can really intervene into these distractions, because these, uh, what, what I like to look at is missiles being fired on us, come on us at all, all periods of time. So we really want to make sure that we're seeking Allah's direction his comfort his guidance to turn us and just like we say in the prayer turn us away from the indecent morals because on our own you may try your best but you're going to have urges you're going to have emotions and you're also going to have temptations that will be put right in front of you that you only a lot can help you turn and be able to restrict yourself and keep yourself firm from these evil and indecent uh mores that are put in front of us as well so i just wanted to make that comment um i see brother daniel 6x go ahead Yes, sir. Um, this is interesting, the synchronization. I was just reading an article by Assalamu uh, alaikum family, Mother Titanetta, and she, in that article, she was saying how the Holy Quran is stating that Joseph's narrative is one of the complete and most detailed narratives in the Holy Quran. What you were saying, brother, is so powerful because I was studying, as I was studying myself and studying when I do deviate, miss the mark, sin, and try to come up out of that before I fall into error, which is a repeated offense, knowing that is wrong. I had studied, and I'm still studying, but I had studied that I can't find a sin that I did that wasn't connected to an emotion. I didn't think that sin could take place in the rational mind because it's rooted in obedience, as you were saying. It's rooted in submission. It's rooted in you checking the knowledge of God and the self-accusing spirit is giving you something to fight the passion. But as I'm studying my history, I can hardly find something that I did that I knew I had no business doing that wasn't tied to some some emotions, some pain, some disappointment, some frustration, some loneliness, whatever is going on. I found it to be in the emotional realm. So I'm still studying self. I'm still studying this great study guide and the other study guides. But it just seems to me that the brown germ, the satanic mind, the devil mind rises in the emotional realm and tries to overpower the reasonable, rational, direct dictates of the God. And I can see where this seductress was so heavy on the prophet Joseph. He said, Allah, if you don't help me and turn this away from me, then I might fall victim. Hmm. So it seemed that the jail was a, 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 a help because he said the prison is more dear to me mm -hmm. 
than what they call me to. So it makes me think about how isolation, being in certain types of prisons, whether it be financial prisons or certain things can help us to avoid the whisperings of a slinking devil because Allah knows best how to protect us. This is why I'm learning we have to rise above emotions with certain situations because certain situations might lead to our demise. So that's what came to my mind, family, and I really appreciate this particular uh, wisdom. Assalamu alaikum. That was beautiful, brother. Um, and, and just to kind of build on your wisdom on that as well, that's, that's brother Ben has brought this up countless times as well, is that everyone's trial can be different. It can come in different forms as well. Um, some of us, it may be drugs. Some of us, it may be alcohol. Some of it may be women. It may be these temptations, um, distractions of the world as well. And then we have to be mindful of that as well, even in what we're doing, because though it may not be a trial that harms us or can afflict us or tempt us in a way we don't want to put ourselves in a point where we may be involuntarily tempting other people as well um i know for myself you know i work out i do fitness but i make sure that i'm conscious that i'm not you know displaying you know my progress in a way that is illicit because we don't know what other people are going through we don't know what other people are seeing and how they may be tempted so though i may be looking at it as this is just me showing my progress I don't want to get someone else misled or distracted into seeing things that that's going to tempt them to do the wrong as well. So we just want to be mindful of all of us. Like I said, if our, if our goal is to, is to be family, our goal is brotherhood and sisterhood, that we have to be mindful of our brothers and sisters and what they may be going through, whether they tell us or not. A part of rising above emotions is not being um, stuck in our ego, you know, focused on ourselves. You, you know, you keep certain things to yourself. Everything is not meant for social media. Everything is not meant for, uh, for the world to see or for everyone to see. Every, everything should be done with moderation, and everything should be done with uh, with the right spirit um, as well. So, I just wanted to add that as well. Sister Yolanda, go ahead. Assalamualaikum. Um, I want to touch on the part about. Uh, when the sister lost her necklace and there were some of Muhammad's soldiers behind that came and they aided her and another believer saw what was going on without having actual facts and what was going on. Even as I see things, whether it's in the mosque, whether it's in my personal life, let me not be so quick to pick up the phone, send a text in regards to, ooh, sister, guess what I saw? I saw ABCEFG, and I don't even have the actual facts. But instead of me going to that uh, Jen and me, go over and ask the sister, is, there, is everything okay? Is there something that I can assist you with? Would you like someone to inform your husband that a thing has happened and this is why you're behind. So let me always, as I strive to go to the righteous side of my mind, not to relay or pass on what I saw, witness, what have you, and then camel backing off of the seduction part Women, we work out as well. And even implementing 
eating one meal a day as we strive to continue to go through those processes. Let my emotions not arise because I'm feeling good about myself. Hey, let me put on a tank top. It's a long dress, but I'm still showing my upper part. So let me be acceptable in my own sight and not have to show all to anyone else what I'm doing that is good for me in my striving daily and just in the domestic life. If he didn't give you the assignment or me the assignment, if he didn't give me the assignment, who am I to take being another wife of a brother? That's not my assignment. That's what Prophet Muhammad and the others were called to do. But do I understand? And especially um, in the end part, when the wives become pregnant, it was a good correlation or ex explanation for me in the uh, expanding the breast part. So it helped me to understand more. Of course, it's be beyond the production of milk for the child, but expanding the breast expands the heart of his servants for the salvation of nations. It's not just about me and the child. Thank you for letting me share. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Beautiful. Uh, Sister Yasina. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. So I, I don't, because uh, I had to walk away, I don't know if Sister TT's uh, question was answered in reference to the one they cut in their hands. Uh, but it was a superstitious practice. Uh, and, you know, according to uh, history, historical accounts, Joseph was a very nice looking man. And they thought of him as a god when they saw him. So that was a sacrifice for them in the cutting of their hands. Um, the other part, because you said something, Brother Wesley, in um, with respect to us, how we present ourselves, um, and Sister Yolanda too, you know, we, especially those who take care of ourselves, we attract people, and it is how we handle ourselves, how um, in those instances that. Um, that, that make a difference, you know, thank you for your, com for your uh, compliment and out, unless you're seeking uh, attention. Because um, we do things sometimes when we don't feel good about ourselves to get attention from the opposite sex. I hope it's the opposite sex. So we just have to be mindful of the attention that we're trying to attract. And like Brother Dan, uh, Daniel said early, um, you know, Joseph decided, you know, I'm better in prison than to have these women tearing my tearing my shirt off, and, you know, uh, to pre prevent himself from falling into those, you know, into those traps. Um, and the other part was about the, about Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. Um, that's a reminder 
for the believers and those who are listening to mind our business. Because it's not our business. It wasn't their business. And as they as the reading says, it was a hypocrite who learned mm. about the incident and found in and in it found pretext to slander the prophet and his family. So we have to be careful. Whether we are Muslim, Christian, family members, we have to be careful of the news that comes to us. Because if it's someone we say that we love, that's our test right there. And that is why the Quran said, why did not the believing men and believing women, when you heard it, think well of their own people and say this is an eaten, this is an evident falsehood? That says a lot about the heart mm -hmm. when you conceive it. And even if you don't continue to, to spread it, I hope, or I continue to spread it, I hope not, that I hope that the, the, the fact that we let it enter our ears and enter our hearts will change our perception of how we see someone without any actual facts, as, as Sister Yolanda said earlier. But again, not your business. If that church song sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep about, around mine, mind your business. Um, and the other part was with the wives of Prophet Muhammad and the heart and the and all the emotions that they had to go through. Just imagine you being able to have a child, but the other one can't have a child. This child passes. There is a lot of emotions in that. And if we just take the time and just think about it, just read it over again and just put ourselves in those situations, just put ourselves in their, their shoes, then maybe we'll have a better understanding and a better compassion and empathy for uh, what we see in our time today. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam. Yes, ma'am. Um, I looked up that word pretext, and the first thing that comes up as a noun is that a reason given in justification of a course of action that is not the real reason. So you can find a way to make or bend the truth or bend reality to fit what you want your motive is. And as, as you brought up, Sister Yasina, that this was a hypocrite that did that. So what what was the mo what's the motive of a hypocrite? The motive of a hypocrite is to turn a believer to a disbeliever. So they'll take something that they have no true knowledge of and twist it and bend it in a way. And as it brought up in that second part, to vilify or to uh, in several gullible Muslims. So not just Muslims who are in a study, who are rising above emotions, who are getting a deeper understanding of the truth. These are gullible Muslims, meaning that they're open to whatever you say. If it sounds good, they're going to go with it. So that's the importance as well uh, that we need to be in our studies. We need to study for ourselves, develop our personal relationship with Allah, remembering that this is something personal to you, not just going along with the get along, just not just going to the mosque or going to study group just because that's what you're supposed to do out of traditionalism, but doing it because that's you're trying to improve yourself. You're trying to get a better understanding. You want to ask questions. You want to get the truth 
from the source, not from those who appear to be a source or come in the name of a source, but they're not giving you the truth there. So I just wanted to add that as well. Um, and, and Sister Randisha, go ahead. I'll give another comment later. Yes, sir. Um, Assalamu alaikum, family. So one thing that stood out to me amongst others was the giving of wives to Muhammad was not done merely for sexual gratification. Sexual gratification. It was that Allah God might give him his servant deeper insight into the woman. Through woman, he married as well as deeper insight into himself by virtue of what each woman brought out of him to confer a greater reference for the womb. I just think about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and, um, you know, the minister has stated to us is that if history repeats ourselves itself, then we will be going through a trial like that again, right? And this time, how strong is our foundation and can our foundation survive is always the question that we should be asking ourselves is because is this, is that, oh, I can't talk this morning, but if this is something that we did not pass the first go round, are we going to be able to pass this the second go round? Like Sister Yolanda, like Sister Yasenia said, mind your business, actual facts. Those are definitely important when you don't have the actual facts of one's man's life that is greater for a greater good for all of humanity. Sometimes we speak on things that we don't know. And sometimes we don't understand that if we're living prophecy, that some of these things have to be living, you know. I've been asked, you know, well, you follow Islam and, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did this and he's done that. And I say, yes, and he's made me a better person. You know, his job and his assignment is his assignment, but my job and my assignment is my assignment. So I just think that um, if we look at the wives and what they bore, right, Mother Clara, um, our brother, War of Dean Muhammad, and, you know, and the children from Mother Clara, some of them were dissatisfied and, you know, rebellion, but this was their assignment. But Mother Tainetta, look at Brother Ishmael, who's a great helper in the cause of helping the minister. So I just think that that was something that stood out to me. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, y'all. I, I held back because I, I was going to comment on that as well. I, I wanted to add to that as well, add to your wisdom on that, that especially right now in this day and age, 2023, you see constantly on social media people having conversations on podcasts about polygamy and multiple women and all this kind of thing and when you think about it what was your motive what is your motive behind having these women in your life and are you able to truly provide for these women if they if it really was a privilege or something that you could have what what are you doing are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it to help them and and i think about um i've been listening to uh brother minister jabril a lot recently and he gave an example that let's say you did have 15 wives and four of them were pregnant at the same time and due to give birth at 3 a.m and then you got th four of them that want to go on vacation you need to you want to go get a gift for this one how can you as a man be able to rationally justify or to give justice to all these women properly and still be a sane man which mathematically you wouldn't be able to do that especially in our fallen state that we've 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 been put in as well that that just really isn't um just to yourself or to these women and just that selfish motive that many people have um in thinking about the benefits of polygamy but what is your true goal at the end of the day uh, we just want to keep that in mind as well and that's why the the uh, quran says that it's best for you to just have one 
Um, and that's that's the direction that we want to take as well. I saw him like him on that. Um, brother Daniel Six Eight, go ahead. Yes, sir. I'll be quick, brother. I was just reflecting more on the narrative of uh, Joseph and some of the things you're saying about how the enemy uses social media and bearing witness to some of the other sisters' comments. Um, when I look at the narrative of Joseph, one, we know he was a righteous servant of Allah. Two, we know that he was being seduced or trying to be seduced by a king's wife. She lied. She was deceptive. Mm -hmm. Then, this woman, instead of admitting her fault, women started to gossip. Mm. Then she went and got these gossiping women and said, let me see how you deal with this. These women cut their wrists and became overly emotional and said, this man is a noble angel. Then she laughed at them and said, see, you seduce too. So we're dealing with the enemy's manipulation of the second self of God. So it's so much in there because this is how the enemy is using social media today. And the minister said, I believe it's this study guide that the enemy to make you an enemy of somebody, they got to stir up your passion mm -hmm. against he who he's trying to make you an enemy of. So, you know, our great sisters, our beloved sisters, they are they are more in the feeling and emotional realm of the God than the man. So the enemy is always trying to stir up the passion. And I see how in this narrative with Joseph, that's an important uh, point to take uh, out of this particular narrative. And he also had family issues because his brothers were envious of him. Mm -hmm. So it's so many different realms of, that we can learn from this particular narrative and rising above emotions because Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that envy would be the next child that would plunge the nation into darkness. And we know that envy is one of the main plots of what they are trying to do to the Father, the Messiah. So it's, it's just so much in this, you know, it's just it's a serious study. Thank you, friend. Yes, sir. Uh just to build on that as well, just to go back to the purpose behind why Prophet Muhammad was given, and that's the key word, given these wives, uh, what was the purpose behind it? And it brings out in that paragraph that it was done to give him a deeper insight into the woman through women he married, and as well as a deeper insight into himself by virtue of what each woman brought out of him. So and that, that even in ourselves and in the personal relationships that we have, um, that many times we get into these relationships with a surface level motive behind it. But are we really paying attention to what is happening as that relationship progress? When you find yourself getting angry when certain things don't go your way or find yourself getting emotional when certain things don't go the way you may have planned or say you wanted, or you're not feeling like someone is not being obedient, like say your children, they're not listening to you. They're talking back. Um, a lot of that is really showing you is raising a mirror up to you to show you in yourself where you need to kind of make some adjustments in your life, where you need to kind of work on those emotions, work on that anger, work on your communication, work on your listening skills, um, the comprehension skills, different things like that will show you what you need to work on. And what you're receiving is really a reaction. And, and I, I, I lead it to we, we get what we, what we put out. So if you're putting out love, you're going to get that in return. Now, you may not get it in the way that you think you're going to receive it. 
So you want to make sure that we're being open to receiving, even like when we pray to Allah, Allah is going to answer us, but are we going to be open to what that answer is going to be? And, and as we may have said in previous power calls as well, the answer may just be no. The answer may be stay right there in that particular situation so that you can learn that lesson. Brother Dion, go ahead. Oh, uh, thank, thank you, brother. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to, and I'll switch phones too, uh, by the way, but I'm um, glad you recognize my, my name. But with that said, I wanted to uh, comment on what you said. You were speaking about uh, Brother Jabril. Uh, he gave a depiction of someone with 15 wives and just the different things that you said. And you asked the question, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, a uh, thought came to my mind and I smiled. I said, you know, these brothers are, are lose their mind. And I'm saying it like that because, you know, they actually, you know, playing a, a serious game, you know, as we're being taught by the minister about the woman. So when you have these polygamous relationships and these platforms and, you know, we as believers, you know, we are attempting to help build. Understand what that is. So really, you know, this is my personal, uh, this is me personally expressing myself. Um, you know, they, they're playing a game. You know, you can't even uh, come on a platform speaking about polygamous relationships and different things like that. And it's not uh, immorality involved because we're being awakened by law's grace to the truth. You know, so, you know, all these different platforms, you know, the, these polygamous relationships, I just wanted to say that. And then also to echo what a sister said about Minister Ishmael, uh, you know, being brought to birth. Uh, through Mother Tanetta and, you know, those children, not only looking at them alone, but they're actually giving life to many, you know, by Allah's grace. And Minister Ishmael's preaching and teaching and, you know, all of the other siblings. Just imagine, by Allah's grace, how much life that they're giving to the dead in regards to this uh, this work of the most honorable Muhammad. So I wanted to also say that as the as the, the benefit or, or purpose, if you will, of the the wives of the most honorable Muhammad, the wives of the minister, as he adamantly said one Savior's day. And he mentioned his wives. And that was a test in and of itself. I don't know how many people observed that or heard that a few Savior's days ago where he came out and he mentioned his wives. You know, and that was a test in and of itself by the minister. He, I'm not saying, he, I don't want to say he boldly said it, but he, you know, he said it, uh, you know, straightforward, you know, and I believe that was a test as well, you know, for the nation, for us as believers uh, as well. So I end there. Uh, thanks. I'm like, Walaikum Salaam. Sister Randisha. Yes, sir. Um, and reference to that you know how many of us really think that you know um i hear it all the time when brother dion was just talking about it right is that you know um when they did ask the minister and they asked him why were these wives hidden like you know you know i like that the minister was silent and sometimes silence is key like because like sister yasinia said it's nobody's business mm -hmm. but also is Half of these brothers can't maintain one wife. Let's keep it real. If if we if we talking about it, you know, sister got an attitude. Sister don't like to do this. Sister don't like to do that. She'll just add one more to the fire. That that ain't gonna work. 
And sometimes we some feisty sisters. I'm just, sister, can you make bean soup? Can you iron my shirt? Can you make sure that my soup press for FOI class? Brother, you better do it yourself. So this is why he's giving us the guidance and telling us these things is that it's better to have one because we don't have his assignment. We don't have his mission and we can't play God. Mm -hmm. We all want to play like we got. He said we are children of the most high God. If we're children, then that means that we're following our father to something that's bigger. So that was just another thing that came to my mind, brother. That's what I'm like. Walaikum salam. Sister Yasina? Uh, I'm going to take the other route to that. Um, I have friends who in other communities who are second, third, fourth, and fifth wives. And it's a part of their culture. And they've made it work. We don't take on that because it hasn't been, um, that's not an instruction for us. But there are, uh, there are families in other communities who make it, who that's a part of their culture. Um, and it has been for generations. Easy for the sisters. No. Do have they made peace with it? Those whom I know have. And they make it work as a community. So I think that and this is just my own opinion. Again, it's not for the believers in the nation of Islam, as the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan has instructed. But we until we know how it affects others, um, we can't say it's just that it's um that that it's just a horrible thing. Um, because again, my friends they made they they made it work. One sister was that's from a, from a child. She was uh prepared the other ones older and they that is the route that they took that they've taken and again they've made it work so is it for me mm -mm. um but we have to be careful of judging i'm not saying anybody on this line is judging but just as a whole judging what we don't understand um and thinking a lie that is not the route <laughs> that we've had to take, that we're not, that we've not been of those who have been selected or elected to walk that path. Um, but to understand it, we should, if, if we know people who are in that those communities, talk to them, ask them. Then we'll have a better understanding of it. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam. Uh, just to build on on what you said about judging uh, one another, when we when we looked at uh, the story of uh, Cain and Abel earlier in the study guide, how Cain's pride cut him off from even asking questions 
Um, so just like what you're speaking on, you know, do find out, you know, get some better understanding before we are quick to judge or criticize what other people or other cultures are doing. Because like you said, it, it may work for those. It may work for this person, it may work for that person. But again, this is about self-improvement and what works for yourself is what we need to be focusing on as well in bettering yourself. And then thinking about that, we want to, we don't want to allow the circumstances that we may see just from our subjective view. We want to make sure we're looking at things objective. Let's get the whole picture, not just what pricks our, our consciousness or what, what causes our emotions to be triggered and then make or cast judgment on a person or on a culture or, or a, a people, we want to make sure that we're doing the research. And this again is the importance of studying and study everything as the honorable, uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has told us, study everything. We want to study nature. We want to study everything around us so that we can get the full picture of what Allah is, is bringing us through so that we're not one of those uh, gullible Muslims where we're just going along with the get along. We are actually coming into what we are striving to be, which are guys, which think with logic. Yes, we have emotions. We use those emotions to the betterment to get us further and progress in life, not restrict us from life. Um, I'll leave it at that as well. Sister uh, Joanne moment. Assalamualaikum, sir. Um, and constantly when we dealt with the study guide in person, it was always asked or said like, well, think of the bigger picture. And, you know, as far as in the nation and yes, the wives and the children out of the wives. So I think um, we don't look at it enough, or at least I didn't as I was coming in the nation. It was difficult to look at, you know, the bigger picture, the higher um, purpose and reasoning for all this then forward to 2023 and someone was talking about you know social media and you were mentioning about um, now there's podcasts about polygamy and it's like but I don't know what their purpose is I mean just kind of to reference <laughs> Nick Cannon you know but <laughs> you know looking at it now it's like okay what is your purpose for that you know in comparison to what was done or is being done in the nation because there's a greater purpose for taking on wives and having children because those children are now helping in different you know aspects of bringing the people to a higher level thank you sister uh brother malik or antoine x i apologize if i'm mispronouncing your name assalamu alaikum this um this another like dealing with the polygamy aspect it's another case of um i would say men and women rising above their emotions instead of thinking of god because we got to look at initially why the early muslim community was even allowed to take on more than one wife and the initial reason was because it was a shortage of men because at that time they was fighting wars trying to defend Islam. So the men was only taking on, on more than one wife for the sense of the women and children having a father figure or um, a wife or a woman not being left alone to fend for herself without a man being there responsible. So in a lot of cases, it wasn't necessarily sexual for a lot of sisters because they got to think about 
the husband being with another woman. But we got to look at the protection on the believers, like, say, for instance, like presently, because like the minister said, uh, history repeats itself. It's cyclical. He put terms like that. But let's say we fall into a situation where it's a shortage of brothers to be responsible for the sisters. So what? Uh, because we um, running from polygamy, we lead the sisters to fend for themselves with no husband, no father figure. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it put a protection on the community as well because a lot of people fall into, you know, turning to other women when they don't have a man or it's a it's more so a protection than a negative and a man just trying to be greedy and have more than one woman and all those different things. Asalaamu Alaikum. Alaikum Salaam. Yes, sir. Brother Dion. Yes, sir. Um, have to, uh, you know, take an opposite of Sister Yasina. Uh, uh, I would like to say, first of all, part of my zeal when I come on, I'm, I'm pretty full. By Allah's grace, when I, you know, come on this power call, you know, support my zeal. But I say I take a different uh, route in regards to what Sister said, because you said it right. It works for them, but does it work for Allah? Because the minister is the Messiah. This is what I believe. This is what I know. So when we when we when we speak on this aspect of the other communities, I get it. I'm 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 in the world. I'm I'm very familiar with those other communities. Um, and what my mind goes to is this the spiritual understanding of these things and i believe that as we raise our level of consciousness by law's grace and, to, and understanding the mission the reality of us being a part of bringing in a new world we you know i i believe that So what community is that with? You, you're going in and out, my brother. I don't know if it's your signal or... When it ties into revelation, how conscious are you when it turns, when it ties into scripture and the understanding of the word of God? So that's why when I said early on, we're playing, and I, you know, I said a lot of things in zeal, but we have to really understand that you know we are part of a great work and all those other communities or mentalities or whatever the case may be it's not contributing to the total liberation of our people spiritually for us to you know be be resurrected uh you know out of our condition so it's much that can be said on that, of course. I just wanted to say that, and I understand, sister, what you mean. What you mean when you when you spoke on what you spoke on, but you said it perfect. It works for them, but we, you know, by law's grace, we part of a serious work, dear sister, and you know, and uh, us as brothers in the nation, by law's grace, we're growing. By law's grace, we're handsome. By law's grace, we're developing in character. By law's grace. But, you know, we're not we're not 
you know, uh, 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 inclined to do those things because we know the work that have to be done as it ties into uh, obeying Allah and his messenger and desiring to see this enemy destroy. See, I'm a brother that come on with a spirit. I, I have children and, and we all may have children, whatever the case may be. But I'm only saying that now in is because I see this satanic mind working in real time. And many of us and all of us do as well. So I'm with the Messiah to remove help, remove this satanic mind for the face of the planet. Best that I can do. And I know these things affect the onward progress that we need to make as a whole. Last statement. The minister said, the most Ahmad Muhammad said, brother, don't speak for uh, just us. I'm paraphrasing. He said, speak for the whole. So whether they accept the minister's words or not, he's speaking for them too. That's an instruction for them as well, though they don't call themselves believers. But like you said, sister, that's something for them. You know, uh, and I'll say that. So part of your brother's zeal, but I just wanted to say that. Thank you very much. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Thank you, brother. Uh, let's see who we got next. Uh, brother Daniel. Well, actually, before we go to your brother Daniel, um, Sister Jamie X, I don't think she has spoken yet. Let's go to her first. Thank you, brother. Assalamualaikum, family. A um, couple of points I wanted to hit on really quick, beloved. And I'm going to go straight to the, the Quran because this is our guard. This is our guide couple of things Allah said was, um, one, he states, and if you fear that you cannot do justice to orphans, marry such women as seem good to you, two or three or four. But if you fear that you will not do justice, then marry only one. Then I want to go to where he says in the Holy Quran, he says, and Allah desires to turn to you mercifully. And those who follow their lust desires that you should deviate with a great deviation. Allah desires to make light your burdens and man is created weak. And the last thing in the Holy Quran, Surah 2520, where it states, and we did not send before thee any messengers, but thee surely ate food and went about in the markets. And we make some of you a trial for others. Will you bear patiently? And the Lord has ever seen. And the reason why I brought up those few surahs is because, one, there is law. We are given law. And when we were given that law, it was set up specifically to help us by our messenger to be on one accord with where God is trying to take us. Okay? Now, we have taken on mixed instruction, which has caused controversy in our communities. If we were given a law and we was given inst direct instruction on what to do, obviously, Allah gave us that law so that he can guide us into the right direction. So we need to, it's not about judging. It's not about, oh, you feel some type of way because she got more, a husband and he got more than one. No. In the, in the Quran, Allah tells us that men are maintainers of women. Well, unfortunately, sisters and brothers, we live in America where they don't allow our men, men to be maintainers of us women. So here it is. You got all these wives living in America and they're maintaining you as a husband. And so they're putting you up. And I'm, I'm not trying to down the brothers. God, please forgive me. Don't take that as a down. But the, but the reality is that we're living in a life where the men are not maintainers of the women. The women are maintainers of the men. So that's a question. So what do we do 
Well, if we keep following our laws, keep following our restrictive laws and abiding by our teachings, then we'd be a guided right. And um, I wanted to bring up the trials as other. Aisha was on the trial. In the Holy Quran, it said that um, the messenger, the prophet, was Aisha was the best uh, wife of him. It was because she came to him as a virgin. She guided him. She got he got excuse me. He guided her. He guarded her. He made sure no nothing came against her in the mind. So he was her ward over her. A lot of women, we don't want no war. We don't want a righteous man to tell us what to do and how to do it, unfortunately. And this is where a lot of the problems is because we do cannot submit to righteous guidance. And that's all I wanted to say. May Allah continue to bless you. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, beautiful sister. Uh, Brother Daniel 6X. Yes, sir. Well, I have to come behind that statement. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about what the minister said about the lifestyle. His domestic life and the domestic life of his and our father. He said it's easier to raise the dead. Check it. He said that. He said he don't care for that life. But he has to. My dear brother, in this month, song, he mentioned it in great detail, more detail than I've ever heard. And he made it clear that he was concerned when he went to the wheel about his domestic life. And Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, I didn't bring you up here for that. That's just a sign of what you're going to have when you see me again. I'm paraphrasing that. So, any man that wants that lifestyle without direct order from the God or being forced is absolutely out of his mind and outside the bounds of righteousness. No righteous man truly wants more than one wife. So I would check my thinking and I would ask the brothers to check thinking because if we want that, then we got, to, we got to level up to more righteousness. Um, I would also say that um, in some of the comments dealing with the domestic life, the minister made it clear this study guide is not for any man to take another wife, but it's also preparatory of what's coming to the nation in the future. So I don't want us to think that at some point man and woman going to have to rise above emotion and handle this the way that Master Father Muhammad and his two messiahs want us to handle it. So Alaikum salam. Sister Randisha. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, when the study guide first opened, you know, it says, in the name of a lot of benefits, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Dear students, I have prepared this study guide for you, rising above emotion into the thinking of God for a specific reason. I wish to share that reason with you to increase your chances of success in handling this uh, in handling the subject matter properly and passing the test that the nation of Islam failed in the past. The devastating effect of the domestic life of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is at the root of the fall of his family and the fall of the nation of Islam. In a situation like this, it was natural for his family and followers to focus on the pain of Sister Clara Muhammad in ourselves. However, we allowed ourselves to succumb 
to the pain of the moment, a pain so overwhelming that it would not permit us to ask the questions, why did Allah God order his servant to enter this aspect, wives of his domestic life? If we had succeeded in moving beyond emotion, we would have been able to get up into the mind of Allah God, where we would see the domestic life of Muhammad as Allah God see it, and ultimately judge it as Allah God judges it. Then we can move on to higher ground. Our focus, our pain, and the resulting failure to question Allah God cause us to question the servant. It caused us to forget all the good the servant brought into our lives. Thus, we threw the servant in a way as unworthy and cast aside the body of knowledge revealed to him as the means of our salvation. No wonder the honorable Elijah the no wonder the honorable Elijah Muhammad asked the question, How strong is the foundation? Can we survive? The foundation is the forty four years of the work of the honorable Elijah Muhammad, the nation of Islam, and its success. And then it further states, Sister Claire Muhammad told me, talking about the minister, there was one part of the Holy Quran she hated. And that was the part that allowed a man more than one wife. This is not hearsay. This is what she told me directly from her mouth. She told me that in the 40 years that she followed Master Farah Muhammad, she knew nothing she had done that would make her ashamed to stand before Allah. So I just wanted to give us some context as Mother Clara hated it as a woman that was just so bold that the nation stood on her shoulders and we're still carrying on what she has shown us as a Muslim, as a righteous woman. But she hated that part of the Quran. So I. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, sister. Um, I, and I want to kind of, uh, not kind of, but I want to build on that wisdom as well that we really have to understand that the goal is to get out of our own understanding and rely on Allah's understanding. We seek refuge in Allah, not leaning on our own understanding, but going and trusting in Allah fully, um, not trying to look at it and bend it to our own perspective to see it the way we want to see it and how we want to digest it. The truth needs to be digested wholly and not the way in which we feel is comfortable for us. And the other side of being uncomfortable is growth. And we have to go through these pains of things that don't feel um, good to us in the moment, which is what we see in all of these accounts thus far. It was uncomfortable for Hagar. It was uncomfortable for uh, Mary and Joseph and, and going through all of these different, uh, you know, Cain and Abel and, and their trials and things that, that Cain had to deal with. This is something that makes you uncomfortable. And if you allow yourself to get emotional about the discomfort, then you're going to try to find some comfort in yourself when we should be seeking comfort in Allah. He's the source of strength. He's the source of all comfort. He's the best knower. He's the best planner. But when we try to bend the truth to our own plans and our own motives, our own uh, desires and urges and things like that, that's when we go off on that wrong track. That's when we fall off the, the railroad, as, as it may be seen as well. And I'm glad that you brought us back to the introduction to this because it, it I, would, I put a video in the Telegram and make sure that you get into the, the Telegram because this dialogue, I'm sure, is going to continue on. And we should continue this dialogue dialogue after the call on the power um, chat as well that we have on Telegram. Um, and the minister brought out how when he was writing these study guides before he put out study guide 19 and 20, the nation was on study guide 18 
for over a year. And he said that it must be a reason for that because it's something that we need to learn. It's something that we need to understand so that the nation will never fall again. That the one thing that all like as uh, Sister Randisha brought out and reminded us on it, this one thing caused the nation to fall when there was so much to the body of knowledge that um, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad brought to us and being reminded to us by the honorable minister of um, Louis Farrakhan now that we have to make sure that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to make sure that we don't throw away all of this good from something that we seem to think or may look from our imperfect eyes and see as something that is not right. We need to look from Allah's eyes. We need to understand the bigger goal here and understand that the goal is to rise us out of this fallen state and into God's not the God, but into God so that we can rise above emotions and be able to make sure that this nation never falls again. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, beat that too much. Um, brother Tony. Brother Tony. Yes, sir. I had to unmute myself. Thank you, sir. I'll pray to the last. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. In, in my understanding, the wise, it, it takes me to the Quran. And the Quran says, do, do men think they'll be left alone saying they believe and will not be tried? It also says that a Muslim in chapter 9, verse 126, that a Muslim will be tried at least once or twice a year. So a trial is a test. And the test has more than one question and it has more than one answer. I like the way my brother Cam said it. Well, I'm going to come from the scripture, though. It says, lean not towards your own understanding, but trust in God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. That's my base. So the question is asked, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, why is the most important question that we can ask? But we have to do it like Abraham did in the scripture, in the right spirit. What is our aim, purpose, motive, and intention for understanding the most honorable Elijah Muhammad? Why did he have wives? He didn't even want to take the wives that he had. Mother Clara held the nation down when everybody was in jail, all of the men. So we reward them and we thank Almighty God for them and the great works that they did. But Eli is the best, no, Eli is the best planner. So are we leaning toward our own understanding or are we trying to really seek understanding from the aspect or from the perspective of this world? Because we know that we're in a Western civilization and we've been here for over 400 and some years. And our minds are improper. Our minds are not thinking properly. So my 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 objective is to let us know that the children of the most honorable Muhammad, in brief, they're still in the nation. They're still doing the work. All of his wives are still in the nation, still doing the work. So God is the best knower. So let us get into the mindset of Master Farah Muhammad and see what he's trying to show us and teach us. Because like my brother said, one day is going to be a time that we might have to do that, but are we ready? You follow me? How strong is our foundation? This is one of the reasons that the nation failed. And I talked to some of the old believers, and they said that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was messing with a lot of women. I talked to believers, or so-called believers that are in the nation right now, and said that he was just screwing little women. We don't use that type of language, but we got to lean toward the understanding of Allah. And the only way we can do that is go off into the scripture and understand the prophets and their wives. And, and remember that Prophet Muhammad had nine wives, and he was not a filthy man. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Beautiful. Brother King Cam. Assalamu alaikum. Man, um, yes, sir. No, I'm, I, I love all the um, 
perspectives and the feedback on the call. This is good. I was um looking for a particular part of study guide 18 and the minister on because I'm coming right out of the study guide book, so it's on page 152 when it says, when we are able to see beyond beyond the effect, so the cause that produced the effect, then our decisions are no longer emotional. They are made with precision. This does not mean we will act without intense feeling. It means that we will be in such complete control of our feelings that our decisions will be completely rational. And that just made me think about how elevated our thinking has to become, not only with this particular situation, but if we start practicing with smaller situations, less heavy situations, where we look beyond the effect to the cause that produced the effect, and then we start to work through those situations so that we are no longer emotional, but we make decisions with precision. And even if you have an intense feeling about it, you still are in such control that the decisions that you make are completely rational. And, I, you know, one thing about the study, guys, <clears throat> that the minister always says to go and practice what you learn. So while we, you know, read the theory, or the theoretical, then you have to go and utilize the practice, the practical. So you have to go and put it into practice. So, you know, when we went over the belief in Allah and the minister gave us instructions on go out and, you know, um, try to sell a product, things of that nature, right? Those are practical instructions so that we can bring forth our belief in Allah and make it real. See, we have to we have to make it real. So as we go through rising above emotion into the thinking of God, we have to move from the theoretical aspect of it, the theory of it, and we have to go and practice it, make it real, make it less and unspooky, right? Because right now, you know, a lot of people making it, you know, uh, rising above emotion as a spookified thing. That is something that only the minister is able to do only the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was able to do because we're not practicing. So before it gets to something as heavy as this topic in the domestic life of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know, we can practice it in our interactions with our children because they do stuff that make us emotional all the time. <laughs> I know people that got children can bear witness to that. They make you emotional. They do things that make us emotional all the time. Are we practicing rising above emotion into the thinking of God with that? When we at work, our leadership, our management, our supervisors do things that make us emotional all the time. Are we rising above emotion into the thinking of God with that? That's a practice area to practice. Are we at the mosque and the leadership your lieutenant, your captain are doing things that make you emotional, right? Are we rising above emotion into the thinking of God, practicing that right then and there for those different types of situations that are less heavy? And then when it comes to something like this, as we have gained more repetition, as we gained more practice, as we as we gained more control over our feelings, then we'll become it'll become a lot easier for us to take the instruction from Allah and his messenger 
and we are to take it in and to feed on it, to lean on it, to understand it so that we don't become overly emotional, but we have such control over our feelings, even though we may have an intense feeling, we can keep it under control so that we can be completely rational in our thinking as we move forward. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum beautiful. Uh, one point I'd like to add, or even add to the conversation, I should say, is that we have to remember that we're in the classroom of God. So that this is the time for us to ask questions. This is the time for us to build with one another so that we can get a better understanding. And we spoke about, you know, isolation and things like that. This is the importance for us to make our meetings, make our study groups, then go and still continue to do more study even after we do the the things that we know we have a time slot for study group, a time slot for these meetings, time slot for the mosque on Sunday and things like that. We have to continue to understand that we're constantly in the classroom of God and we should be seeking Allah's answers to our questions and not getting in our own self, in our own way, I should say, of ourselves and trying to progress on our own. Because that's where these emotions can build up because we think we know. But only Allah knows. Allah knows best. So we want to make sure that we're going to that source and building upon the knowledge that we're getting so that we don't lose sight of what the goal is. And also just that um, the minister always uh, tells us that we need to be looking at him. He's the example. He's done things that he for, you know always puts in front of us to show how we can get out of certain situations. He's tell us when, when he may have fallen short, when things um, weren't as right on at the point, but he said, well, this is what happened, but this is how I got from out of that situation as well. So we just want to understand that we are working to we are works in progress is really what I want to say. So we don't want to judge ourselves. We don't want to judge everyone else and what development stage that they're in, that we're in, and we have to understand that we're in a classroom and it's okay to ask questions. Uh, Sister Yasina? Yes, sir. Uh, you say, uh, Brother Weston, you and Brother uh, Daniel, I think it was, uh, and Brother Tony, um and um brother king cam it's i think the bible says be not on your own understanding but in everything seek wisdom um and that's one of the things we have to seek wisdom we don't know uh, from today our day just started so we don't know what we'll find ourselves in come this evening we don't know what our future holds we don't know what position we'll be in um, as time goes on. But, I, you know, one of the thing, one of the lectures that the minister did was how to heal a broken heart. And I would, um, I would recommend that to anyone on the, the call because, you know, you can go on YouTube, listen to that. Uh, that lecture, I think it's two parts to it. Um, because in it, he talks about his domestic life. In it, he talks about um, the effect that what he revealed to the believers, because I don't know, it, it was a believers meeting. I can I can say that there were people who left the nation after uh, uh, during that lecture and after 
afterwards because they couldn't they didn't they couldn't deal with some of the things that the minister said study guide 18 is rising above emotion into the thinking of god and i think it was brother tony he who talked about you know how we live in the western society we have a western mindset we have western ideologies even some of us and that's just that's just an actual fact but the bigger scope of it of a lot returning us to our original self is to take off western mindset take off off the garments of this world in whatever capacity it doesn't have to be dealing with having um you know eight wives and a goat it doesn't just our mindset period you know and again it all it goes back to whatever pleases Allah pleases us and whatever we find ourselves in that we we believe is from Allah we know it's from Allah no matter how hard it is if we if we believe and we know that there's a bigger reason for it than just where we are at the present then we will go forward and and i'll just you know i still go back to it you know it ain't nobody business it's between you and allah so um you know if i had eight husbands and a goat and six of them on on uh, on uh, the other six continents and two on this continent it's you know that it, it it's nobody's business that i have to go to my lord with that and no i don't have eight husbands and a goat um but it's nobody's business all of us are on a journey to become one with allah so whatever we're going through whatever we're having to come overcome we help one another we assist one another. And sometimes, man, some stuff you just got to go through alone because it is between you and Allah. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Uh, that's definitely why we should be careful about not calling our children kids because we're not raising goats. Uh, so I just thought that was a little funny. I throw that in there. But uh, brother, actually, before we do that, Sister MK, uh, can you go ahead? And, I think you haven't shared yet. Go ahead. Yes. Assalamualaikum. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for this platform. Um, I have a question. I have um, dealt with depression for many, many years. And um, it has taken uh, a long time to come up out of that kind of darkness. And primarily because of my past, my childhood, my upbringing and all, but it was all ordained by Allah. So this is a very good study guide, rising above emotion. I have a question and that is, when you're hurt or disappointed, frustrated, whatever, the emotion or the feeling is that you are having at that time, is it okay to express it 
express how you're feeling without hurting another person, but getting it out of you and then seeing the higher perspective. Once you see the higher perspective, then you can let go of the intense emotion or hurt or whatever the feeling or the emotion is that you're grappling with. Once you can understand the higher point, then the emotion, you can just let go of it because, oh, I, oh, I see. I see where you're coming from now. I get it. And then you let it go. Having um, suppressed how I felt about things down through the years just to keep peace ended up being a detriment to me ended up causing more darkness for me because I didn't have a voice. I just let, like to know what the community, the family has to um, give me some guidance on this. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and how do you, I, if you can, if you don't mind, I mean, how do you pronounce that second part of your name? I don't want to say that the wrong way instead of just calling you Sister MK. Okay, my uh, first name is Melva, Sister Melva. My last name is Foyben. Foyben. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You know, we got the clip guy. I'm sure he has a clip for exactly that. Maybe he'll drop that in the Telegram for us. Um, and, and what I would say, and I think we've talked about it yesterday as well, is that in talking, especially, well, we kind of spoke on it as far as that parent-child relationship and having that right spirit that right intent behind why we're expressing ourselves is what opens up our door to be able to not hurt that person, that baby that we are expressing ourselves to. Um, and, and others, please go ahead and, um, you know, comment as well on that. If you, if you do have a suggestions for the sister, but just having the right spirit behind the reason why we're expressing ourselves. Again, we're talking about rising above emotion. So when we are expressing ourselves, we want to just be conscious and mindful that as we are expressing it and we're beginning to, uh, unravel those suppressed emotions that we don't get into a point where we're start to like you said, cause more damage um, than what we already feel on the inside. Cause as we know, hurt people hurt people. Um, but just being able to remember that we want to just go to God first. Let's go to Allah first. Let's pray first before we even have the conversation to uh, calm our spirit to put us in the right mind frame and to choose the right words that still expresses what we want to say um, and also open up their hearts and minds and ears to be able to receive it the proper way as well will be the first step will it happen overnight no um, and and we can't we don't have any control over how they're going to receive it but we don't want to continue to suppress those emotions compress suppress those thoughts but we want to first go to our law first so I, i'll add that there and anybody else that would like to comment on that um please do so um brother dion yes sir uh dear brother i, I had my hand up before our uh Sister, I think MK asked a question that she asked. And when her asking that question, you know, kind of uh, put the spirit, uh, you know, another way in a great way. Uh, but with that said, I wanted to say in regards to some other things that were being said, the minister spoke at the youth 
summit, if you will, at Savior's Day. And he said that this generation is going to love the law. Talking about the youth and our children. So I'm liking that statement to the uh, the practice of polygamy or, or you know having more than one wife. Uh, I think two brothers are saying we may have to. Uh, that may be something in the future. I believe that was alluded to, but I just wanted to say, um, you know, if it's by law's will that that happens, then you know that's that's our law's will. But um, I wanted to reflect on our youth and our children. You know, just based on uh, the minister saying that that generation is going to love the law. So the way the minister is directing us by law's grace is, you know, into the love of the law. As I said in the scripture that, you know, when, when Jesus came, you know, he came with love. and Love abolishes the law because there was love of the law. So I just wanted to make that statement. And yeah, that's that's it. Malikah Salam. Uh, Brother Malik. Antoine X, which which name is the proper name, brother? Uh, Malik, sir. Malik, I Antoine probably. X, because I'm registered. Um, Antoine X. A Antoine, yes, sir. Um, I just I just wanted to say it's 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 one aspect as far as the um the honorable Elijah Muhammad taking on more than one wife that haven't been brung up. But Allah, Allah uh, commanded him or ordered him to take on more than one wife because Master Far Muhammad knew that his sons from Sister Clara Muhammad wouldn't be biological sons that carried on his mission. And Allah, knowing our heart, knew that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a little grieved over the fact that it appeared to him that none of his biological sons would carry on his mission. And by him taking on the other wives, that made it to where uh, today he got biological sons that's heavy and carrying on his mission. So that was like one of the main uh, reasons. Because Master Far Muhammad knew that the children from Sister Clara Muhammad wouldn't carry on in his teachings. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Uh, sister Jamie. Yes, sir. So like, um, I want to speak to the sister MK. Uh, sister, Allah said when he shaped you in the womb, he knew what you, who you were before you even came out of the womb. He knew who your mother was going to be. He knew who your father was going to be. He knew everything about your life our lives before we even came out into the earth so he already knew the struggle that you was going to have to face and he needed and he knew the material that you was going to need in order to face what you had to face because he had to grow you into something every struggle every single thing that we go through is divine everything that he gives us to get out of that struggle is divine Allah said he himself 
went to war with the darkness. That means that there was a disappointment in the beginning, in the first, in the number one. And he had to go to struggle with that disappointment that was in himself. Then he manifested that self, that second self. And in that second self, she came into disappointment. And she said, well, I don't want to be in the dark. So he created the sun. He created the light. So, sister, what all I'm trying to tell you is struggle with whatever darkness Allah put in you. Because in that darkness, you're going to find the greatest material that you need to be able to not only bring yourself up out of that darkness, but also help others out of that same darkness. So it's okay to be disappointed, but act in the right the right manner. Allah, why are you putting me through this? Allah, why are you allowing me to go through what I go through? I've had all this hell all my life and I don't understand it. Give me understanding of this hell. And the more and more you question the why, take it from a sister that been shot 11 times and survived. I promise you, he's going to give you the answers to everything that you need and be able to face your struggle and come out of that struggle and keep on surviving and brings others out of their struggle. May Allah continue to bless you, sister, and you in my prayers. Assalamu alaikum, family. Wa alaikum salam. All praise due to Allah. That's beautiful. Uh, Brother King Cam. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um... I, I also I, I just wanted to add this part as well um, because somebody mentioned it earlier and said that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad was commanded by Allah to have this domestic life to take on the wives right and that's very important that's very key to everything that we are saying because we get in our head take on multiple wives. Now I have an intense feeling. I have an emotional response to this. And we get so deep in the in the rabbit hole, if you will, that we forget that at the beginning there was a command given by God. And what happens is the same way that Iblis forgot. We're just going to say he forgot. That he was commanded by Allah to make obeisance to Adam. Then Allah has to now deal with Iblis in a particular type of way because he forgot the chain of command. So, because he was emotional. So we have to always keep in mind, you know, um, when dealing with this particular subject that Allah gave an order. He gave a command to his servant. And at that point, it takes us personally, our persons, because Allah is not a respecter of persons, out of the picture because now you have to ask yourself, am I going to be obedient or am I going to be disobedient? And we have multiple situations and circumstances in Bible and Quran of people who were disobedient to the orders and instructions of Allah and what was the consequences of being disobedient. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches, teaches us that obedience is the highest form of sacrifice. The highest form of sacrifice is that obedience. So I just wanted us to keep that on the forefront of our mind. As the original rules of instruction say, want to lay pressure on our minds that if Allah gives a instruction, now the rising of a, above 
of emotion into the thinking of God brings us to the point, are we going to follow the instruction that Allah has given us? Are we going to submit to that instruction? Or are we going to be disobedient and lean on our own understanding? Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Uh, Sister Jelana, I apologize if I mispronounce your name. Um, Asalaamu Alaikum. Um, and you pronounced it correctly. I appreciate it. Just okay. brother being a good while before he, he was able to say it. <laughs> um, I wanted to um, speak with Sister MK. Um, I don't usually have a chance to speak. I'm usually at the gym at this time. But she actually caught me at a time when I'm home and on a subject that is very personal. I actually just dealt with this with my husband just like two days ago. And um, I had to, I, I had a lot in me that I needed him to know. But I needed to make sure that he was ready to hear me because I was in, I was in a very emotional state. But no matter what state I'm in, what I have to say to a person, if they're not in the right mindset to hear me, I'm wasting my breath. And I'm going to set myself up to be in that same position probably again. So I had to make sure he was um, available mentally and everything else to hear me and um, understand that what I was going to say was not meant to hurt him, tear him down, disregard anything he does for me, um, has plans for me or anything. Just to understand that if the weight on me was hurting me and I needed to be relieved and I needed him to be there for me. After I was sure that, um, assured that, you know, the, it was okay. I was able to say everything. I do know some of the things I said were kind of heavy for him and possibly hurtful, but I, you know, I thank a lot for the husband that I have that he, uh, is able to see what is, um, what the problems are where things need to be um, worked on so that I am happier to move around and do um, continue to do what I do for him and our daughter um, and for the nation. Hold on to things. You cannot keep it. Um, it, it does. It make, it can make you sick. Literally. It can, it can hurt your joints. Um, we are not to weigh more than ourselves and that stuff can be heavy. Do not let it hold, hold, just sit and wait in you. You have to just make sure that when you are releasing it, if you have to write it and just throw it in the ocean or something or in the air, burn it, whatever you have to do, release that. Do not sit and hold on to it. Just make sure that if you are going to speak to somebody, make sure that they are present enough to hear you or you're not tr truly releasing um you're just you're just speaking words, but you're not going to get what you're looking for. Assalamualaikum. Yes, I was muted. Apologize for that. Uh, anyone else have a comment? And Waalaikum Salam, sister. Thank you for sharing that as well. Anyone else have a comment? Please raise your hand. Um, and if you're not able to share today, don't hesitate to share in the telegram. If we can drop the telegram link in the chat, be sure to download telegram, join the telegram power group chat. 
Um, this is where we want to dialogue about the power call today. We know that this topic, which I'm glad um, Brother Ben chose this for a series for us to talk about, because we can see how much we needed to speak about emotions. Many of us, and I know me, me included, we struggle with these emotions all the time and, and we try to do it ourselves and do it, do it the way we think we need to do it. But this is a, a reason why, uh, which I highlighted here. Thank you, Randisha, for bringing this here, that the way to think like Allah, God, is to be exposed to his teachings. In, his, in our lessons, we are given the actual facts as a beginner, as a start in thinking mathematically rather than emotionally. So this is this is a part of our genesis. This is the beginning of thinking more like God and not like our, our way we currently are in our fallen state and emotional um, as well. So we don't want to look at this as an overnight success or overnight achievement, but we want to constantly stay in this classroom of Allah, making sure that we make it into the study group, try to get to the mosque, try to get continuously putting ourselves to be able to be exposed to his thinking so that we can begin this journey of thinking more mathematically so we can overcome these emotional trials that we're we're undergoing on a daily basis. Um, Brother Daniel, go ahead. Yes, sir. So so uh, much wisdom was given on the question that I did, Sister Al, and asked, um, the only thing I'm hearing with that wonderful wisdom is that, as our brother said, go straight to our law first. Go to prayer. And I've learned sometimes that's the last one. <laughs> the last one we want to go to. Um, just make sure we go to the right person. Otherwise, we will be, be engaging in slack talking gossip. And most times when that happens, we're just trying to win our point of view or win an argument, which the minister speaks of. He always says, you know, have the courage to go to the one that you need to go to. So I think that's very, very important. We should even be testing the waters out with an ear that shouldn't and does not need to hear our personal dictates. That's for a direct person. Also, um, what came to mind was when our sister spoke of Mother Clara and how we need to try her shoes on. It's a very, very tough shoe because her work, her dedication, her love for her husband, all of these things was the utmost, but she had an aspect that caused her to not be so successful with brought on an illness. So it even shows that we can do all that we have in our power to do and get right up to the door and be asked to do one more thing and sacrifice and can't go further with that part and it elicits such emotion as hate. That's, that's, that's real deep. Those are shoes that I absolutely have to try on to make it through because we are always being asked to sacrifice something. But then we have to look at those who are successful, like Joseph, like Mother Tanetta. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Mother Tanetta was the winner. So as we're looking at the shoes of those who did well but not well enough, we have to also look at the shoes of those who passed the test and see if we can fulfill those shoes. Assalamualaikum. Salam. Thank you, brother. Beautiful, beautiful dialogue, everyone. Um, again, join the Telegram. Let's dialogue further on the Telegram. Let's put your takeaways, put your feedback. If you wasn't able to share or have more to share, and you may not feel like you have enough time to share it now, the link is in the chat um, to join the Telegram. And that's where all the updates are as well. We always want to be mindful that 
the power call is happening for the most part every day, the same time, same place. So let's be be mindful to look at that telegram for those updates as Brother Ben has reminded us on countless, countless occurrences that you may not get a text message. Like you didn't get a text message today, but I, I salute and applaud the family for showing up and showing out today, taking upon yourself to show up for yourself, really, because this is your power call. Everyone is able to benefit from these calls, even from the dialogue that we're having, the insights that the brothers and sisters are giving. Um, and then also make it to your study group. Let's help Brother Ben hit his goal. Go to www.noystudygroup.com. Make sure that when you do visit your local mosque or study group, that you take a picture of the sign-in sheet that you complete and return it back to the sister that reaches out to you and use Brother Ben's ID 101239 and include his name, Brother Ben Next, so he can hit his goal. His goal is to be able to have 100 guests in one month. So let, let's help him do that. You know, we end in August, but we all, we got September as well. So let's, let's, let's do that. Let's make it to our study groups. Let's continue to study. Let's continue to read and let's continue to feed on this truth. That's really what the goal is of this is to constantly be feeding on this truth from Allah as given to us from our divine reminder. And I miss today, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. We, we know that it's true. We know that it's good for us. So let's continue to do that. Um, Sister Shilon, you have a comment? Go ahead. Yes, I do. I'd like to end on this. I remember hearing in the reading where one of the sisters lost her child and it said we have no idea of the thoughts that were going through her or the difficulty that she was feeling behind that loss of that pregnancy. And I thought about you have no idea what a woman goes through when she loses a child that she has carried. And I, I, I didn't want to say I have, have no idea because I do, because it actually happened to me. And it took me into the mindset of being careful of how we handle our women and treat our women during pregnancy. Because I went into the doctor's office I, I, I carried the through the whole nine months I went into the doctor's office on Wednesday to do the scheduled blood work and all now all through my pregnancy it was very stressful very stressful I went through unnecessary torment just just okay so I went to the doctor on Wednesday to have everything to be done and get out get it all scheduled because there was a scheduled cesarean for Friday. Okay, went home on Wednesday. I did that, what I had to do inside of the doctor's office. Go home, I get the house prepared now so that the children's father could have everything in order, the house, food, and everything prepared, because I know with the scheduled cesarean, I'll be gone for a few days. I get to the doctor on Wednesday, on, on Friday, for the, for the preparation to go into the surgery for delivery, and as I'm being prepped, the doctors ask, when was the last time I felt my baby or heard the baby's heartbeat or felt the baby's heartbeat? Okay, so I felt the baby all and because I'm moving around. I'm cleaning, deep cleaning and getting everything done. And I felt a lot of movement, un, 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 unusual movement. But I'm thinking like, look, the baby just telling me, look, I'm tired. Sit down. I want to rest too. Is that you've done enough. So I go in on Friday. 
once the doctor asked, moves around the, the, the scope and asked me, when was, when was the last time? I told him Wednesday. I was just here, so we, but we both felt and heard it on Wednesday. Here it is. Friday, there's no heartbeat, baby girl. They still had to deliver because he had to deliver. He had to be removed. So I go into the most deep depression ever. And I went angry, very angry, because I'm thinking the unnecessary mental anguish I went through, the unnecessary treatment that I suffered from someone. They, they use the word narcissist a lot. I've never heard that word. I'm, not, I'm really only just hearing this word in the last year or so. But men handle her carefully. When, you get, when you're angry about something, it doesn't have to always be addressed. And it, when it is addressed, address it properly. You don't have to be so harsh with her when there's something that you, you're uncomfortable with or, or dislike. There's a way to handle disappointment other than hollering or screaming or letting, putting her down mentally or just saying the most ridiculous things. It's, it's yeah, narcissism is, is unreal, unnecessary treatment. She can do, she, she can turn around and do anything properly. Just let her know. You don't have to be so mean to her. Just let her know what you dislike. And I promise you she'll fix it because that's what we do as women. We want to please. We're designed to please. We're not designed to harm you. We're never your enemy. So the treatment that I went through had me to lose my child. So goodness knows what that woman went through back in the days with the loss of that child. It's it's the pain that you'll never experience. Never, never, never understand. So I'll leave it at that. Be careful with her during pregnancy. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you brought a thought to my mind as we begin to wrap up um, because because my mother actually had a miscarriage before I was born. So two years prior to my actual birth. Um, my mother lost um, my child. Um, and I just think about that, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, you know, on that emotional turmoil that comes along that you don't, you just never know. You may want to give up. You're like, well, I'm not going to keep trying anymore. And, you know, and I think about that all the time. Um, and, and, you know, if my mother and my, my father no longer wanted the desire to try again, then I wouldn't have been here. So it's just, that takes us back to that, the series we were on last week about, um, how to birth, uh, get, make, give birth to a, to a God and the, being able to know that we don't not just stomping around like, as you brought up in the example of you don't stop around the oven while a uh, cake is in the oven the same way you not, may not physically be stomping around your wife uh, while she's pregnant, but our words can be also stomping around so just being careful with the words that we choose i'm glad you gave us that reminder because we always want to be reminded of our speech because that's a part of emotions out of emotions we don't think properly we, we, we talk about that at the beginning of this this series how the science behind emotions and what it does to your brain where you're not thinking correctly you're not in the right state of mind so you're using words that you really don't even mean to use you're just using them out of emotion and when we think about using profanity that's the misuse of language. And then also when you're using profanity is because your lack of vocabulary, which is another reason why we need to study. Your reason why you're getting frustrated, why you can't communicate is because you don't have the words to express yourself properly. So we want to make sure that we're constantly reading, 
we're constantly studying and we're also constantly going to Allah to help us write our tongue, be able to calm our hearts and our minds so that we can handle each other the proper way, just like you have in the comments, Brother Samuel. Um, and go ahead and give your comment. We got a few more minutes. Um, just Brother Samuel X. Excuse me. I can't hear you, brother. Can I hear me? You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Are you on Bluetooth? That may be the issue. What about now? I hear something, but it's very faint. Can you hear me now? What about now? Oh, there we go. Loud and clear, brother. Okay. I was going to say quickly that uh, rising above emotion, I think one of the themes of this lesson is we are so apt at being in America, carnal-minded. We look at all these things from an emotional level, but I think if we need to learn to deal with that uh, rational level, that, that thinking of God level, you know, to really get the deeper meaning behind the stories, behind why I had right. to on wise and things of that nature. I know in a mathematical thing, there is a, um, well, I won't get into it. I'll get into it some other time, but we ain't got much time. But I just think we need to look at the, the, the more rational thinking behind it. We are apt to get into the emotional side, but I think if there's a greater spiritual lesson what we're learning from this lesson if we just try to get out the emotional mind and get into the mind of God. That's all. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Beautiful. So, yes, great dialogue, family, uh, great takeaways, great perspectives, uh, great insight that has been shared today. Again, join the Telegram. Let's continue the dialogue on Telegram, the power chat. I'm going to drop the link in the chat again. If you don't know where it's at, go ahead and download the app. Join the Telegram group. Also, um, if you haven't made it to uh, your local study group or Moz, Go to www.noistudygroup.com. A sister will reach out to you to provide you the information to a local mosque or study group close to you. And when you do attend, be sure to take a photo or a screenshot of your sign-in sheet, return it back to the sister, or drop it in Telegram just to show proof that you made it um, so that we can help Brother Ben hit his goal. Again, his goal is to have 100 guests in a month come on out and get some of this truth and be able to feed on this truth further. So I appreciate you family. Um, inshallah, I will see you tomorrow. We can do this again. Uh, we'll be on the, we're actually going to be concluding. We're going to be in the conclusion that's on page 27. So be sure to download the study guide if you haven't already. Um, but we'll, we almost finished up with the study guide um, and we're going to go through it again. So continue to do your best with everything and have a great and successful day. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.